Welcome to PS Pod, a podcast for CPT pharmacometrics and systems pharmacology. In this episode, Dennis Velasco speaks with Satra Prakash Nayak. They will discuss the model of blood coagulation. Thank you for joining us today. Could you summarize the recently published model of blood coagulation and highlight some of its key features? Yes, some of the main features of the model of blood coagulation that was published in June 2015 are as follows. The model is highly detailed and it takes into account the mechanistic details of all the three key pathways in the coagulation system. The extrinsic pathway, the intrinsic pathway and the common pathway. We combined interactions from three previous models, one by man and co-workers, one by Scott Diamond and co-workers, and finally a model by Duffel and co-workers, which was published earlier in CPT-PSP. We had to combine these models as the models themselves individually were not able to simulate our internal data. However, with the combined model, we were able to get a good match with our in-house data. The model is unique in the sense that it was able to explain both in-house and literature data for some of the key biomarkers such as thrombin generation and clot times like prothrombin time and APTT. Our analysis of the model also showed that the behavior of biomarkers in this system is highly dependent on the type of stimulus, type of experimental system and the particular biomarker being measured and these details need to be kept in mind while trying to understand the different biomarkers in a clinical study. What are the key challenges in constructing a large-scale systems model and how did you overcome them? The key challenges in constructing a large-scale systems model are essentially of two categories, biological and computational. The model is only as good as the data and knowledge that goes into constructing it. So it is essential that there is a solid understanding of the biological system that we are trying to model. At the very least, we should have good information regarding the wiring of the system or how the critical players in the network are linked with each other and some idea regarding how slow or fast they interact with each other. Presence of rich data either from literature or generated in-house definitely helps. But it is critical that we know enough biology to at least propose intelligent hypothesis in the model. The other major challenge, I think, is computational. Many of the system's pharmacology models are rather large and form a very stiff system of equations, whose accurate simulation is quite challenging. Simulation and analysis such as parameter estimation, sensitivity analysis, dynamical analysis, etc. can be quite challenging and time-consuming for such models. So we need to develop more efficient methods to perform some of these analyses. How do you see the model being extended to answer critical questions in hematology? The published model describes in vitro and ex vivo biomarkers such as thrombin generation assay and clot time assays which are indicative of the level of coagulation. These biomarkers are often linked with clinical efficacy, that is reduction in annual rates of bleeding. 
Therefore, being able to simulate these clinical markers in a model gives us an opportunity to perform many different types of in silico experiments that provide insights regarding expected clinical efficacy. A few of such experiments that we have performed using the model are variations in dosing amount, frequency, different combinations of therapies as well as trying to understand the inherent variability of biomarkers based on the variability seen in patient populations. Can you describe some of the key insights obtained from the model and their applications? Yes, some of the main insights that we obtained from the model were that we were able to combine two different types of biomarkers in the same mechanistic model. That is a concentration-based biomarker such as thrombin generation and a different type of biomarker, clot time, which is measured in seconds. We also showed how a heuristic optimization method can be used to optimize over multiple biomarkers from a variety of different experiments simultaneously. Further, our analysis of the model and exploratory simulations revealed a number of very interesting points about the behavior of the coagulation network. We identified that depending on whether the protein was in its zymogen form or in its active form, and depending on whether it was the plasma of a healthy subject or a hemophilic subject, the behavior of the biomarker and the magnitude of change it showed was very different in one case versus the other. This kind of information, I think, can be very useful while designing a trial or an experiment to identify the right kind of biomarker which would be sensitive to the perturbation being introduced in the system and can really help us in designing better experiments or clinical trials. What role do you see QSP models playing in future areas related to blood coagulation biology and hematology in general? I believe QSP models have an important role to play in areas related to blood coagulation biology. The reason is that this is a unique area in the sense that there is a lot of biology that is well known in hematology as this area has been studied for a long time. Therefore, we have a lot of data available that can be used to construct and parameterize the models. Indeed, I believe due to these advantages, hematology is an ideal field to study via large-scale systems modeling. The model that we published last year focuses on the in vitro biomarkers, but there is another category of clinical markers, the in vivo markers, that are also widely used to quantify the state of coagulation cascade. Recently, an updated version of our model that can predict in vivo biomarkers was accepted and which I think would be the first model of its kind that predicts in vivo markers via an in silico model. Another very recent publication that came out in CPTPSP predicts the effect of widely used anticoagulants via a QSP model and that is also very important in establishing the credibility of such methodology for use in clinical programs. I believe such computational efforts can definitely help us in understanding the behavior of the coagulation system better and then guide precise and more efficient clinical studies leading to lower development costs. Finally, what role do you see quantitative systems pharmacology modeling playing in advancing research in rare diseases? I do see quantitative systems pharmacology playing a very important role in advancing research in rare diseases. The reasons are twofold. First, we usually have a small patient population in such diseases 
and therefore it is imperative that we thoroughly understand the disease and the behavior of key clinical markers in disease progression and treatment effect. QSP models do an excellent job in putting together a unified view of our hypothesis regarding the disease and thus enhance the basic understanding of the disease, which is especially important in rare diseases. Second, there is often a mechanistic basis of the disease pathophysiology that we observe in rare diseases. This basis could be a genetic mutation or other mechanistic perturbation which could be modeled precisely in a QSP model. With an increased focus on rare diseases and more and more data being generated for such diseases, I think application of QSP modeling techniques is especially suited to understanding and curing rare diseases. That was Satya Prakash Nayak, and you can find his article on onlinelibrary.wiley.com. Also check out the virtual issue on hematology. Hematology is a branch of medicine concerned with disorders of blood and bone marrow, for example anemia, coagulation disorders, and cancers such as leukemia. Pharmacometrics and quantitative systems pharmacology are increasingly being used in model-informed drug discovery and development of novel hematological drugs but also as clinical tools to optimize the use of existing therapies. The links between quantitative pharmacology and hematology were established more than a century ago when A.V. Hill published a mathematical model for the sigmoidal binding of oxygen to hemoglobin, which, known as the Hill equation, became one of the central equations in pharmacometrics and quantitative systems pharmacology. The hematology virtual issue of CPT-PSP provides an up-to-date overview of the breadth and depth of state-of-the-art application of advanced pharmacometrics and quantitative systems pharmacology in hematology in drug discovery, development, and clinical practice. Thank you for listening. PSPOD is a co-production of the American Society for Clinical Pharmacology and Therapeutics and Wiley. It was recorded and hosted by Dennis Velasco and directed, edited, and coordinated by Joe Troiano. All opinions in this podcast are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect those of Wiley or the sponsors. 